everyone, welcome back to another week of With Love Alexa. I'm excited to have Jason Zeldis, an Academy Award winner, documentary director and editor. He is best known for editing the Academy Award winning film 20 Feet from Stardom. Emmy nominated for his editing on the documentary The Music of Strangers and the director and editor of Romeo is Bleeding, among many other amazing projects, most of which can be found on Netflix. Um, I'm really excited to have him, and he's also a distant cousin of mine, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> and his mom was is Lisa, who was also on a few weeks ago. Yeah, so. scroll back to a previous episode. Yeah, <laughs> a few, I don't know. How are you today? Uh, I'm great, I'm happy to be home. Just got in last night. Oh, yeah, yeah, you did just get home, that's right. Um, the time difference. Yeah, you know, I got a lot of sleep, so oh, ready to go. Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> You're ready to power through? Yeah. So, um, you want to maybe just tell us a little bit about your background, your story? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, I grew up here. Uh, I grew up in Farmington Hills, and I think, you know, I always really liked storytelling. I kind of come from a family of storytellers. Uh, a lot of my grandparents were great storytellers. My aunt is a children's librarian, and... Uh, you know, a vocal storyteller. Uh, and so I think when I was in high school, uh, that's when I first kind of found my groove, what I might want to ultimately do. We, there was a student-run television station at my high school. Okay. And um, I got really involved over there. And, uh, you know, I have a very distinct memory of the first time I ever sat down in front of an editing bay, which is essentially the same tools I use now every day at work. Uh, they had one at my high school, and so I sat down with a bunch of footage that I had shot with some friends. And I think it was two in the afternoon, and I put my fingers on the keyboard, try to figure this tool out, and then I don't really know what happened to time. But the next time I looked up, it was eight at night, so six hours had just vanished. Were you at school that whole time, or what? You didn't yeah, even... <laughs> yeah, I was just. And no one even like came to. I think that's why I looked up because I had to leave the building. Oh. Um, and so. You know, that was the first time I had experienced something where I just sort of got on some sort of river and teleported through time, just lost myself, right? And um, so kind of chasing that feeling, I decided I wanted to study film in college. So I moved out to Los Angeles and went to film school there. Uh, and. I didn't think I realized when I moved to LA for college that that was a permanent move, but I'm still there. So, working on documentaries. Very cool. That's yeah. exciting. Like it's fun. Like especially when you do something like you really love and you're passionate about. It doesn't ever really feel like work. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean sometimes. <laughs> there there are parts that feel like work, but there are definitely still parts that I love to do and I still have that feeling where I'll sit down and I'll get in the zone and I'll look up an entire day has gone by, and then I can watch back something that I made, and that's my favorite part. Like, where there was nothing before, now there is something. Yeah, and it's like, like seeing that you did that, like you did this project, and it was like turning out to be something so cool. Yeah, I mean, there's some sort of like, uh, leaping over some hurdle of fear. Like, whenever you start out on a creative project, yes. the main <laughs> fear is, oh, this might be terrible, and then people are going to see it and think that it's terrible. So um, there is a joyous moment when you watch something back, and the first bar to clear is like, oh, it's not bad. 
so now we can really work hard and try to make it good, but at least it's not bad. Thank goodness it's not bad. <laughs> yes, no, I've, I'm literally like that with when I was like doing my like writing, like my books. I'm always, I and mean, even though like it's edited, it's been through, and it's published, I'm still every time someone reads it, I'm like terrified what they're gonna say, because <laughs> right. like I like it, and I always think something could be better, just yeah. because like you can only look at your work so much. Yeah. For sure. So, like, I don't think it'll ever be perfect in my eyes. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, creative projects are abandoned more than they're finished. Yeah. It's just like, I cannot look at this anymore. I have to leave it alone. I have yeah. to put it into the world. And yeah, you're never going to please everybody. But exactly. Try to know your audience and make at least some part of the world happy. Yes. More than a few, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, when you studied film, did you. Um, sorry, I was having a little. So when you were studying like editing and directing, writing, like, or yeah. what did you study? Um, so where I went to school it was called USC. Uh, the first kind of introduce you to all these different fields. So you get a taste of what it's like to be a producer, what it's like to be a cinematographer. And then from that point onwards, you are, you have the time production uh, mm -hmm. because of the experiences I've already talked about right. and like actually seeing things come together into their yeah. final form. But I was also drawn towards documentaries. Uh, I really like making movies. I didn't like being on set. I didn't like working with actors and actresses. And I briefly considered that I had chosen the wrong major, but the documentaries, which I really loved because you're just interacting with real people, talking yeah. about issues in the world, um, going outside. You know? Yeah. Uh, so I studied editing and I studied documentaries, and I feel very lucky because as soon as I was coming into the world as a professional, uh, I was trained as a documentary editor at a moment in time when Netflix was starting to exist, and then Amazon, and then Disney, and then Apple. So you got in at like the right time. Yeah. Documentaries were just about to become popular for the first time, really ever, and I just so happened to really be trained in that area so it's a lot of luck yeah um so how did you get your foot in the door like did you have an internship somewhere and then it just happened or um when i was finishing college i got a job on craigslist uh or an internship on craigslist for uh, a documentary director uh his name's patrick creeden and he's still my friend uh if you ever saw the movie wordplay um that was his big documentary it was probably like 2006 or something. Okay. Anyway, I was his assistant. That was my first job out of school. And I really liked the editor uh, for the movie that we were making at the time. And so, even though I'm kind of shy and didn't want to, I wrote him after the project. And I was like, it was great to get to know you. I'd love to pick your brain, take you to coffee or something. And um, this editor's name is Doug Blush. He's also from Michigan. Oh. Uh, he kind of is like, oh yeah, come up to the house. And instead of like having coffee, he's just like, you should be my assistant. And so, okay, yeah, <laughs> lucked out again. And um, I learned a lot from him and he got me the job uh, at a company that I still work for. And that was maybe eight or nine years ago now. Wow. Um, he got me a job there as an assistant editor. And then I quickly kind of got her because uh, of another set of fortunate circumstances. And then I've just kind of slowly 
I found the right people there. I really love working with everyone who works at that company. So we just keep working together onwards. Yeah. It's all the people you know and you meet is really who can help and your work ethic. Yeah, I think, you know, collaboration's really hard and it doesn't get easier. Yeah. Keep it going for as long as you can, you know. No, for sure. That would yeah, that's that's like I'm trying to do like all the different like collaboration with blogs and like podcasts and things. So yeah. I'm working on it. <laughs> Slowly but surely. It's me too. Yeah. It's never f- and from this company you work for or work with or do you kind of go out on your own? Um both. I think a lot of the ones that people you haven't heard of, I went out on my own and I started them. Um, you know, you had mentioned the film Romeo's Bleeding in the introduction. Yes. And that is something that I went out on my own and just created. Um, a cousin of mine, Molly Rayner, uh, she ran this spoken word community in, um, or a spoken word program in the Bay Area in Richmond, California. And she approached me at my grandma's birthday party you know, back in 2013 or something like that, and told me all about what was happening um, at her program and this particular student that she had, Dante Clark, and he had written this autobiographical version of Romeo and Juliet, and she just told me this whole really cinematic story. And even though, you know, there was potential work lined up at this company that I work with, I, she told me the story and I kind of just saw a movie in my head and I was like, oh, I want to make a movie about that. So we did that totally independently and there's a big long process that goes along with... I'm sure. Just, yeah, getting that off the ground. But that's a long answer to some of my work I do with the company and a lot of it I kind of drum up myself. Yeah, I w- um, saw Romeo is Bleeding and I love the story like behind it and it is... So- so true like the connection between Romeo and Juliet North and Central in Richmond right like his story yeah uh, that's kind of why I wanted to make the movie um, so the movie is about this spoken word poet one of the more violent cities in California and um, the main character in this documentary Dante Clark he uh, grew up as one of the as the youngest silence in Richmond so he discovered poetry later in life, um, and um, he started writing about all the things that he saw growing up, and he became a locally famous artist and started this arts program with my cousin. And so the movie writes an autobiographical version of Romeo and Juliet, and the script teaches his students about how growing up in a turf war, just like Romeo and Juliet did, right. uh, really just alters their reality and oftentimes for the worse Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's a really beautiful story about just reclaiming a narrative and shaping a city for the better like the youth really just standing up and speaking out for themselves Um, and it's like one person can make such a difference yeah like your cousin like really helped him to see like she like believed in him and you don't always they, they didn't always have someone to believe in them. So because she did, yeah, she helped him to see his potential and yeah, and his him finding his voice helped right. so many other people in the community exactly. find their voices. It's like a ripple effect. It really is. Um, and thankful for everybody in the community for you know letting me in because uh, yeah, I'm just proud of that movie. 
<laughs> yeah. How was it filming? How long were you there for? Did, um, what were your, just your yeah. feelings? Uh, it was one of my favorite stretches of life, for sure. Um, I loved moving up to the Bay Area. Uh, and going to Richmond, it was a really good lesson on um, just community building in general. And I think my cousin Molly, who was for me with Dante and with a lot of the other students, so because Molly had said, hey, Jason's cool, then, you know, it was, it was nice to build those relationships. Yeah. And then once I got to know the community, know all the challenges of the community, but all the people that were working together, or even not together, all the people that were working to try to improve the place, um, it was great to see. I learned so much. and. It's interesting, you know, coming at it from the perspective of a filmmaker because, you know, we're doing ride-alongs with police officers at the same time as we're talking with community members, at the same time as we're filming these kids writing a play about how messed up their city is. Yeah. And all these people are really excited to talk to us because we're filmmakers, but they don't necessarily talk to each other, right? Right. And so this movie becomes this thing where people who don't talk to each other, who probably should, suddenly are put in dialogue with each other. And then they also all saw the movie when it came out. The hope is that the movie started to, or helped to start real conversations in there. that should have been yeah. ha happening anyway. Right. I hope it did that. Yeah, I would I would hope so. It seemed like it, it might have, because they were all, they were all so good and so just real. Yeah. Yeah. So I would hope that that would help. I'd, I'd say it helped, at least a little bit, yeah. Do you still talk to Don? Um, no. He's in Ann Arbor for the next couple of weeks, or perhaps months, so. Well, that's cool. Yeah, really excited to catch up. Oh, that'll be nice. Um, yeah, um, he had been working in Richmond as a teacher for a while, and he's a full-time artist now, which is amazing, and I think a lot of the, it's a lot, um, all over California and now also here in the Midwest. Yeah, that's really cool. So what's next for you? Um, I feel like. Um, well, I've had a couple things come out recently that I'm really proud of. Um, you know, so Romeo is Bleeding is the first thing that I directed, but it led to a couple of other jobs. Um, with the company that I've been working for forever called Tremolo. Uh, so we have a food show on Netflix called Ugly Delicious. And that the first season of that came out a couple of years ago. Um, but we just had sort of a spin-off of that show come out a few days ago, which is called Breakfast, Lunch, and Dinner. Okay. Which is really fun. Um, and I got to meet one of my like favorite comedians as a child, Seth Rogen. No so, way. Yeah. Uh, did an episode of that show with Seth. I did a design show that just came out called Abstract. And, yeah, I saw uh, that on. Um, that was on I Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got to work with this incredibly profound, unusual way. His whole thing is like, reality is relative to the world, then we can change our realities. And uh, it's a very heady, but very, so I loved working with him. And on to the next adventure, which. I can't really talk about it till it's done, but it'll be done in like a year. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe you'll come back and you give someone thinking about 
maybe getting into the field? I mean, it's been said before, but everything is just like preparation meets. If you want to get into a creative field, you have to really love the craft of being creative. And, you know, if you're a writer, you have to be willing to mm-hmm. write 10 pages every morning. If you're an editor, an edit. And yes. just always be refining your eye and knowing like, good, what can take this from good to great? What can take this from great to undeniably wonderful? Yeah. And, you know, that critical eye. Um, and staying ready and staying passionate about actually doing the work and wait for the luck to strike because preparation times luck equals yes. success. Exactly. Um, so we kind of said it in like the very beginning, but you had worked on the editing for 20 Feet from Stardom. Yeah. And that had won an Academy Award. What was that like? That's so weird. Uh, so that was very early in my career. Um, I started that job as the assistant editor. And, um, you know, no one had really written a book about background singers. 20 Feet from Stardom, for those who don't know, it's about background singers. And uh, so nobody had written a book on it. No one had done a film on it. So there was no like existing body of research to watch the 70 or 80 interviews that the director Morgan Neville had conducted and organize all this information into something that somebody might want that while they were interviewing actual editors. I was just a child. <laughs> and um, while they were interviewing, I had kind of finished my duties. But there was a couple stories along the way that I really had just visualized as like, oh, I know how this could be a scene. But the thing about editing is it makes noise because people can hear the scenes over and over and oh, over. Oh, yeah. Um, so the producer popped her head and she's like, are you editing something? She like got this look on her face and left the room. And then the director, who I still work with, said, yeah, am I about to get fired? Yeah, here, here's what it is. And so he watched it and um, gave me some thoughts and feedback and notes. He's like, do another pass. And so, I, and the next thing I knew, I was hired as the editor. Um, good promotion to get. Yeah, I'd say. And the reason I say it was weird that it got all that acclaim later on is because for 18 months, it was just like four of us working on it in a room. And then the world saw it and the world really responded to it, which is wonderful. Uh, But to me, I think about that movie and I think about the four of us just like in a room, having it out. And and it was also the first time I had ever had that job. So to have it go to that level, um, super surreal. I definitely peaked early. I will probably never get back there again. No. <laughs> but probably won't. Uh, and I'm very thankful for it because it's allowed me to have some of these later opportunities. Yeah. How was that? Like, <laughs> that'd be so amazing. Like, how was that experience? It was so surreal. Um, my friend Kate Rogers, who produced the movie, on the movie. So Kate took me and. Um, and we were way up in the nosebleeds, but it was just like so surreal. Like, just even being there, though, is so cool. One is somebody, and then your movie actually wins, and uh, end up like we're at the Tigers game or something, <laughs> just roaring. And then, you know, the bosses go up on the stage and get their trophy, and then go through this whole photo taking session, and like with Bradley Cooper, they gave him the award, and. Um, 
and then they come running out into the lobby and we're all in the lobby and we're just like bear hugging with an Oscar. But very cool and cherished memory. Yes, that would be. Do you have your own? Like Unfortunately, no. They, um, they give Oscars to the director and the producer. So those two have Oscars. The rest of us uh, have bragging rights. That's, that's still pretty cool, bragging rights. So. <laughs> I'll take them. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and like while you're here for the few days. That's um, super fun. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, no, it's been really cool um, having you, learning about your experiences, learning a little bit about the Oscars, <laughs> a little <laughs> yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, well, that was another episode of With Love Alexa with Jason Zeldis. You can find him on IMDB and um, anywhere on, is there social media someone can find you? Uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram. It's Los Zeldes. So we'll put that in the description. And Romeo is bleeding is a must see, and 20 feet from stardom too. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks.